0: Everybody. For those that don't know me, my name is Kurt Myers, and uh, I've been worshiping here for about six years with my wife and family. I uh, came here uh, with a missions background, love and missions, and uh, one of the things I liked about Grace when I found it was that they had a great missions committee, and they were all about outreach. And so it was very early on that uh, I became part of that, that team. And before I knew it, uh, I was asked to lead that team. And not long after that, um, I was asked to become an elder here and go through elder training, which I did. And two years ago, about two years ago to the day, Aaron comes to me one day and she says, Kurt, Jim Mackey's leaving the church and uh, he's the elder over community. And, we got a, we got a um, greeter center that somebody's donated, and we were wondering if you, since you have a construction background, would be willing to help us put that together? And I said, sure, Aaron, I'll help you any way I can. And that moved into, oh, well, we need to set up the cafe. Can you help us with that? And so she twisted my arm and uh, got me working on the cafe. Well, that led to another thing and then another thing. And I was too busy to uh, do both ministries, so... Prayerfully considering, God led me to take over the the community um, facet here at Grace, and it's been my privilege to serve as the the elder over community. Um, some of the th- some of the things you saw on the slide um, of some of the events have just been wonderful, and it's been great to be in the planning aspects of those. So, thank you for allowing me to to be up here this morning and to talk. So that's how I got here. Um, Normally at the beginning of a service, we uh, take time to meet and greet, but we wanted to change that up a little bit today since this is all about community and all about worship. So if you would like to stand up now and greet those people around you, I'd love to have a few minutes where we just meet the people around us. All right, well, this, morning, this morning, we're going to look at the mission statement that Randy read, and we're going to look at the three aspects of it, transforming lives, fully devoted followers, and bringing God to glory. So join me in prayer, please. Father, this morning, we just want to be all about you. And as our worship song said, Father, let you, be, let you receive the glory. May this be about you. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. If you would join me by turning to Romans chapter 12, we're going to read verses one and two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That's my key word for today is transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. What does transform mean? It means to change. I looked into Webster's and Webster says to change in composition or structure. To change the outward form or appearance. To change in character and condition. Our hearts conform to God. Are our, 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 our hearts confirmed to God or to the world? This morning, my parents are with, with me. So I'm a little nervous about this section of my <laughs> talk. But I'm going to move forward. I started out in a lovely, wonderful Christian home, and at the age of five, gave my life to Christ with my brother at home in our living room <clears throat> at the time. And I enjoyed growing up, um, being in the youth group, going on their, their adventures, we'd go camping every year, we did all kinds of stuff, uh, really enjoyed being part of the youth group, I was one of quiz team and memorized some chapters of the Bible which now have slipped my mind in my old age. I can't remember like I once did. But I really enjoyed the competitiveness of quizzing. And um, I remember a couple of different times we would uh, as a youth group we would go out and we would hang size signs in different businesses for different events that we were doing and I remember people coming up to me a couple of different times said, you're a Jesus freak. You know, you're one of those holy roller guys, aren't you? You know, and instead of it making me angry or intimidate me, it made me happy. It made me glad that somebody could see that I was out serving God. So that was my teenage years. You know, I was into that that thing. Uh, I moved away from home when I was 18. And in with uh, a gentleman that was not a Christian. And stopped the association with a lot of my Christian friends. And moved away from the church. Stopped attending as frequently. And it was at that time that I started to conform to the world. And I started becoming the image of the world. And those, those friends of mine, I started to conform to their behaviors. And not that which I had learned through my Christian example of my parents and, and at church. I, um, Friday nights would quite frequently go to bars Friday and Saturday nights and uh, hustle pool I was a pretty good pool player I practiced for hours during the week and then on the weekends I'd go out to different bars and, and uh, hustle pool for money and I'd never go to the same place week after week because I would get beat up so that's just some of the stuff that I did with my parents here I'm not going to share the rest uh, <laughs> Pastor Eric last week said that before he would go to uh, youth services, sometimes he would snort pixie sticks, and he'd get a sugar high. Well, I did some other stuff other than pixie sticks, I can can assure you. But I started to look like the world, and I did the things that were of the world and not the things that were of God. When I was 27, God called me back in. He said, "Uh, we need to have a, a moment here. So I was in my basement making homemade wine, and I was making it in a glass uh, carboil. We we now use plastic jugs for our water, but they used to be glass, and there was this brand-new system out in the market where you could drain off the sediments from the bottom, but you had to make a a special holder for this. Well, I made one up. I'm a carpenter. I could do that. But one day when I was taking it out of the holder to rotate the stock, the bottom exploded, and the top collapsed on me. And it cut me about four and a half inches long, and it cut my artery, my main artery my arm, lengthwise. Most people, when they commit suicide, cut across them. And just by bending the wrist can stop the flow of blood in most cases, and they don't die. I cut mine lengthwise, and there was no way to stop the flow of blood without help. I uh, immediately ran next door holding my arm, um, and they're using as a doctor there, but he wasn't home and I lived in a townhouse community so I ran two doors up where there was a shop trauma nurse and just as I got to her door she was opening her door to go to work she got me inside and her and her boyfriend got a tourniquet on me and they saved my life that day they called 911 and the ambulance came and they took me to the hospital on my way to the hospital in the ambulance God came to visit me he said, Kurt, I'm not done with you I need you to transform your life to not look like the world anymore, though. I need you to make your life look like me. So God started a new work in me at that time, started transforming my life back to look like his. God didn't leave me during those years. He was still always there. I left God. It's important to realize that. If you're in the same position for some reason that I was in, don't think that God left you. Because he hasn't. We walk away from God. He changed me that day. I forever have a scar to remind me of whose I am. He changed my character forever. He renewed my mind, and it caused me to move back to God. It caused me to move away from the world. another part of my life that God changed me from we're ever evolving God is always working and shaping us but I got married to Lisa and we were married for I don't know five years or something and we had started uh, tried to have children and we having problems and we ended up having two miscarriages and it was about that time Uh, After the second miscarriage, the uh, lady we were attending church with at the time um, had an abortion. And we really judged that lady. And we judged God and we said, you know, God, why do you do this? You know, here we are working so hard to have a child and you let somebody take one away. We would have gladly offered our home to that child had that lady just said, here, will you take it? And we were bitter. And we fell out of community with this lady. When she would come into church, we would walk the other way. And the church we were in at the time was small. It was like this section over here. So you could feel the tension in the air when, when she would come in. And she sensed that they knew it. We behaved that way for a few months. And then God came to both of us and said, you know what, you guys are being immature. You are not entering into community with this lady we forgave her and God forgave us and we were able to walk in community with her once again community was restored I tell you that story this morning because I sense sometimes that we have similar things here at grace things that keep us from each other if I've offended you please come talk to me about it so we can restore the, the harmony and the community here at grace we need to be like-minded, and together. We need to transform our lives daily as well. It's easy. Uh, it's easy for me to become distracted with life during the course of any given day. I work down the road now, and uh, every day starts with the Bible on my phone, or I have the Bible on my phone that talks to me, and I can plug it into my car, and so I can listen to devotions every morning on my way to work, but usually even in the middle of devotion, somebody cuts me off, <laughs> you know, and, and they're a jerk, you know, and then somebody pulls out in front of me, and well, they're an idiot, you know, and I start conforming to the world once again. Here I am in the middle of devotions, and I'm, I'm falling away from what God's principles are, and I think it's easy for us, if we really evaluate and, and think about where we are in our lives, to go to work, and to, I, I, in my company especially, I work with about 40 people. Only three of us are Christians out of 40. And it's easy for us to get in this, this scenario where we hear this, the, the raw jokes or, or fall into the language or whatever. We need to daily come back to God, transform, I'll use that word again, transform ourselves daily daily so we can look like God's image. So if we, if we transform our lives to align with God, he's asking us then to become fully devoted, devoted followers of his. Our mission statement, once again, we glorify God by becoming fully devoted, devoted followers of Christ through his transforming power. So he transformed us. He saved us. That was the transformation. Then we, he asked us to become fully devoted Hours. so look with me in acts chapter 2 we'll look at the brand new church in verse 42 through 47 this was the brand new church they devoted themselves to the apostles the teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were happy, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of his people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So, just a little background what was going on there. This was the Holy Spirit had just come upon them. This is the brand-new church. One day, they had 3,000 added to them. They were speaking in tongues. They were doing all kinds of things. They had sold all their goods. They had put it collectively together so that anybody who was in need could use from it. They were glad, like I had said. They broke bread together. They ate meals together. They shared time together. They did it all day, every day. They were happy to be in each other's company. God calls us to be in each other's company We are here this morning in each other's company, and we are in community together right now. But are we in community? Are we getting into each other's lives? Are we emotionally picking up each other when we're we're down? I wanna look even closer at a lot of the things that we do here at Grace that are community events. Brenda highlighted a lot of them that are strictly community outreach-focused type events. But there's a lot of other things that we do here at Grace that are community events. I want to know: Do you have skin in the game? Are you involved in these events? If not, why? You need to get involved. So let's look at them together. The first one I want to talk about is a church camping trip. Last year we uh, we had about 100 people in that, and uh, it's occurring in three weeks, two weeks from now. We're doing it again, and there's uh, I think 110 people um, going to be going to that event that's like a quarter of our church is going to be at this one event in Western Maryland. So it's going to look a little different in here on a Sunday morning. But at that event, I came back and I told, I told Brendan and I told Aaron and I told Pastor R, I said, man, guys, we did church. We did community. It was fabulous. We did. Everybody helped. Everybody helped prepare meals. Everybody helped clean up. Everybody helped with the kids. Our kids played together. They shared together. You'll see in in a little while, um, or you saw in some of the videos, uh, some of the things we were doing on our camping trip. Our dogs played together and didn't fight. (laughs) We broke bread together and we didn't fight. We had a great and wonderful time. I would encourage you. There's um, sign-ups in the back. I would encourage you to become part of that camping trip. We still have one cabin open, I think. We have a fall festival in here every, every October, and it's an alternative to um, trick-or-treating. It involves our small groups coming together and putting on this event. But what, an out- what a blast. It's an outreach and it's a community event. What a blast this thing is. Have you ever come? You should. You should come and check it out. You know, it's a great time. This past year in February, we had our first winter event. We called it the Winter Olympics. What a hoot that was. That was an absolute blast. I watched Pastor Dan fall down. Didn't get hurt, but he fell down. He took a pretty big spill. There were smiles on everybody's face that day. We all had a blast and a good time. This year, we've already started planning for another event in February. Um, It looking like it's going to be a rodeo. We're going to have a blast. I encourage you all to get involved and to come. We have a church picnic in September. This past year, we, entered, we uh, introduced um, square dancing. What a blast that was. I don't dance, so uh, I wasn't part of it, but a lot of people enjoyed it. We had volleyball tournament. What a hoot that was too. We have youth group events. We have men's retreats. We have women's retreats. Have you gone? You should. It's a great time of community. I went to the men's retreat last year at River Valley Ranch. It was a great time of sharing. I got to know men that I didn't know before. Great time. We have softball teams, basketball teams, different kind. We have dance teams. We have small groups. If you're not doing a small group, I would strongly encourage you to get in a small group because that's where transformation happens. Pastor R can stand up here and preach or I can teach or anybody that has been here for the last few weeks speaking could speak a hundred times, 200 times, and you couldn't get as much out of it as you could in two or three weeks of sincere love from a small group. That's where growth comes. I strongly encourage you, if you're not part of one, please get connected to one. That's where community happens. Creation happened a month ago. We, uh, we had 51 or 52 people um, camping on a, pot, a spot of ground that was about, again, about that size over there. And uh, we shared together. We laughed together. We held hands together. You saw the makeup that was put on my little boys. The, the little girls tackled them and tied them down and painted their fingernails. <laughs> Just kidding. But. Great time. Heard some wonderful messages. But we did community. We broke bread together. We laughed, like I said, together. We did all kinds of things. We have something here called incarnational care. Where if somebody's sick or needs help, we try to assist them. What a blessing that is to somebody that if they need a ride to the hospital or to the doctor's appointment that we can do that. We have somebody that will come and help. If they need a meal, if they've just given birth, or they just had a surgery, or something like that, we have the ability to be able to feed these people. Are you involved? Have you helped? I would encourage you strongly to get involved. We we had here just a couple weeks ago um, a community service where all the ethnic churches that worship here came together at one time in this building, in this center, where there was about five or 600, 600 of us here, and we had a great time together. The Hispanic guys were up here just rocking, man, having a great time. We did community. We had church that day. I missed most of it, because I was the only person volunteered to do the parking. So I was out in the parking lot for most of it. It was hot, though, so I came in for a break for about five minutes, and I walked up top here to where these guys are up in the sound booth, and I looked down over the audience, and we were, they were singing praise songs. And there were red and yellow, black and white, if you remember that song when we were kids, down here worshiping God. They were doing community. They were having church. And tears just flowed down my face because it was a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. What a wonderful time we had that day. We should do that again. Were you here? You missed a great, great service. Are we fully develop, d- devoted to sharing and worship and community with our grace brothers and sisters? If so, we need to be transformed. We need to transform our thoughts and our minds. We need to be devoted to one another. That means take a meal. That means get involved in these things that I just talked about. And God says, if we are those things, He wants us to bring him the glory. And by bringing God glory, us as pastors and elders of the last year, year and a half, we've we've delved into Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. And we've gotten a lot of meat out of that passage. Part of our mission statement came from there. But this morning... A lot of what we are comes from there. And I want, to, I want to read that passage to you. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of his vengeance of, the, of our God, to, conf- to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the garland of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for his display and his splendor. As I've studied this passage, some of you have heard me talk briefly about this, but God laid this on my heart that this is how I should read this passage. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on Kurt. Because the Lord has anointed Kurt to preach the good news to the poor, he has sent Kurt to bind up the brokenhearted, and for Kurt to proclaim freedom for the captives, and for Kurt to release from darkness the prisoners, Kurt to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for God, for Kurt to comfort all who mourn. He's asking me to get skin in the game, to get in the game. And he said, And Kurt shall provide for these who grieve in Zion. Kurt needs to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And Kurt needs to present the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garland of praise instead of spear of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for his display and his splendor. I challenge you this morning that he hasn't just called Kurt to do that, but he's called us all to do that. So we really should read it like this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on Grace Community Church because the Lord has anointed Grace Community Church to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent Grace Community Church to bind up the brokenhearted. It's all our jobs. We all need to do this. And for Grace to proclaim the freedom for the captives, and for grace to release from darkness for the prisoners. And we do that every Thursday night here. And we do it at other times. And grace shall provide for those who grieve in Zion. And grace to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And grace to present the the oil of gladness instead of mourning. And grace, the garland of praise, shall be given out instead of despair. And it will be for God's glory, and we do that here. I'd ask the praise team to come back up at this time, if they would, please. Are you living your life sacrificially? Are you? Do you have skin in the game? I'd like to tell a little story about my neighbors. Um, we have we have an elderly couple across the street from us that call on us frequently. And it can be anything from my knives are dull again, can you please sharpen them, to uh, this pot has a screw loose, can you fix it? Or my flag is falling down again, or I need batteries in my thermostat, or the list goes on and on. And frequently, um, or not not lately, but uh, about a year or so ago, frequently we would get calls at one or two in the morning because she had fallen out of bed and he couldn't get her back in bed. So he would call us. I'd love to stand up here this morning and tell you I did it with gladness in my heart every time. You know, I got right out of bed and we ran over there and said, how can we help you? I'd be lying to you. It wasn't with gladness that we always did that. But God always was glorified and was given the glory because we sacrificed our sleep and we suffer, sacrifice a couple minutes here and there to help them out. Are, are we worshiping God 24-7, 365? Has our lives been transformed by him? Are we fully devo- devo- devoted followers, and are we bringing him glory? This morning... If you need time to pray, the altar is open. Please come forward.